Welcome to Westside Podcast. Each week, we'll take a relevant topic under the microscope to see what the Bible has to say about it. You will gain tools and information you need to support your faith walk and build Christ-centered families in Kansas City and beyond. I'm your host, Troy Kennedy. Well, hey, everybody. It's great to be back with you here with another episode of the Westside Podcast. We are about halfway through season three. Wow. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. <laughs> and our hope is that these these episodes are going to be kind of evergreen for people so yeah. that you can go back either to uh, our YouTube page or, or wherever your podcast page is. And if mm-hmm. you want to go back and you want to refer to something or a topic we've talked about, those should be there. And I don't think there's going to be too much of a deadline on them. But as always, my name is Troy, and this is Randy Frazee, the man, the myth, the legend here. Yeah. Man about town, banjo aficionado. Yes. And we are here to talk to you today about... The Trinity, yep, you asked for it and you got it. So we're going to talk about the Trinity with you here today. It was actually prompted by a question we got over Facebook. And so Joe writes in and says this, if we have God and Jesus, why is there a Holy Spirit? Was the Holy Spirit always there or created by God? What's the role of Jesus compared to the role of the Holy Spirit? Why do they uh, do they do the same thing, or is it different? So, just really, the Holy Spirit in general and all things related to that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you covered a lot of you a lot of ground there in that little question. So, if we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and His role and Jesus, and if they're, these things are differentiated. Um, we really need to talk about the Trinity, which is an ancient doctrine. You don't find the word Trinity in the Bible, but yeah. it was a it was a general understanding historically, and the Christian belief in Trinity, that is God in three persons and yet one God, it's often shrugged off uh, as a mystery, right? Because it's kind of a hard mm-hmm. thing to understand. Um, but perhaps more than anywhere else, Christians have often appealed to the paradox to justify what they're supposed to believe. So God is one in three, three in one. It's what many people say when they're expressing what Trinity means. So, but Christians and non-Christians can hardly be blamed for wondering, well, three what and one what, uh-huh. right? And and is this a contradiction in terms? Um, then there's the problem of the words Trinity that can't be really found in Scripture. So, so here's here's the deal. It's 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 spelled out in the Bible. Early church fathers have grasped that from the scope of Scripture. But why is what we believe about the Trinity really important? See, Troy, this is a good question to ask me now. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> because the reason I say that is because uh, for so many years, mm-hmm. uh, even as with a, with uh, with my graduate degree in theology and uh, undergraduate degree in theology, <laughs> you know, a lot of time spent in theology and being a pastor of a church, yeah. I really didn't quite get why it was a big deal mm-hmm. uh, because it was always left in the realm of mystery. It doesn't really make a lot of sense that you have three, but you have one, mm-hmm. and uh, so consequently, uh, I really struggle with it, and, and we'll get into this later. I think right. many Christians are, are, are sort of closet modalists, and I know no one knows yeah. what that means yet, but when I, we describe it a little bit later, I think, uh, people mm-hmm. go like, yeah, that would be my understanding right. of, of the Trinity. Well, one of the reasons is important is that the, the uh, you got to keep in mind that, so uh, the you know, we have the Old Testament and the Jewish people, mm-hmm. and they've got the concept of hero Israel, the Lord our God is one, the right. Shema, Right. So everyone understands that, you know, yeah. Jehovah, Yahweh, you know, is one, and they're thinking one God, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole time, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit exists. You have the plural right. name for God, Elohim. Mm-hmm. Some Hebrew scholars say, don't go overthink the plurality right. of that, but there you have it, you know? Genesis talking about make men in our image. In our image, like, yeah. What, how, what in the world? Where'd that come from? That's exactly right. So some say, well, don't downplay the fact that it says our, but when we get to the importance of it, which, you know, I think, mm-hmm. so one is that, so I'm going to get back to that, but it, so one is 
is that in the New Testament, you know, all of a sudden you have this appearance of these mm-hmm. three persons, mm-hmm. very distinct, and uh, and yet they're being right. referred to as God, you know, and uh, and 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 so the early church they don't have scriptures, mm-hmm. they've got the Old Testament scriptures, but they're trying to make sense out of this, yeah. and and and, yeah. and 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 so the church fathers felt like we really got to get together and 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 really come up with something, right. and I think they did a great job with yeah. it, and they really hold to this as one of the undeniable. I mean, this is orthodoxy, right. and to take a different view on the Trinity mm-hmm. is not orthodox Christianity, but still that leaves is wondering, well, what does that have to do with me? Right. Paying bills and everything. Yeah. And, and it's my particular belief that the way in which the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, understanding their nature and how three persons can share a being, or, or mm-hmm. one of my mentors, Dallas Willard, said, said a soul, mm-hmm. or another theologians would say essence, uh, but I like the concept of soul, that the three beings share a soul, the three persons share a soul, is and then you look at uh, how they treat each other and realize uh, and we'll get into this much deeper, that what's going on there is exactly what's going to be going on in our life. Mm. And that, and I take the position, and we'll get into it later, uh, is that the image of God has more to do with the, the, the three persons sharing an, uh, a being than anything else, and that the, the nature of God has everything to do with a mirror of how we are to do life together in community and how that affects the way in which we choose to treat each other. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, wow. Do you see that reflected like in, in marriage relationships somehow? There's a triunity or diunity there? Yeah, yeah. So sorts. I don't know if this is where we want to dive into, you know, this I or don't not. Know. I don't know. We, we don't have very, if you're, yeah, we have, very, we have a basic roadmap, but then mm-hmm. we let the conversation go mm-hmm. where we might. You know, so I think, I think that, it, yeah, I do. Now, I want to tell a story and uh, as to when this became a really big, big deal for me. As a matter of fact, yeah. I'm getting together with my A2 community tonight and they, actually asked me to take the whole evening to describe this and we're using hula hoops and everything yeah really great timing so this would be good practice we had for props me props here today we yeah hula, hula hoops hula hoop. and uh, so uh, basically uh, I was asked by one of my mentors Dallas Willard mm-hmm. to rewrite a book called Renovation of the Heart it's right. a book that uh, that I had started to read but I never finished and he called me up and asked me if I would rewrite it for teenagers and I thought well Sure, I'm going to, but I'm going to have to first of all actually finish reading the book because <laughs> yeah. it's really hard and to understand read. it and understand it, yeah. which is one of the problems. I mean, you've read right. Dallas Willard, and, yeah. and that particular book was just really hard to mm. trudge through. But I had to get through it right because right. I accepted the assignment, and uh, I got to the section where he talked about the makeup of of, mm. of our being, of our of our of our person, and he said we're made up of five parts. Right. So at the very center, if you can, mm. if you're watching, you see a little circle, concentric circles, mm. uh, and that's where your mind, or where your, your where your Spirit is mm-hmm. your spirit, and the spirit can also be referred to as the will or the heart. Right. It's executive center. It's the yeah. who you are. It's the spirit that's it's the, the big mover. It's the right? big mover. Yeah. The executive right. center. It is the spirit that lives on beyond mm-hmm. this body. Okay, and then outside of that is the mind. Right. You know, we point to the brain, but the mm-hmm. mind includes our emotion yeah. and our feel and our thinking. How we think about something and how we feel about something, right. and it's sending messages to our mm-hmm. heart, to our will to make a decision. Right. And then we have our physical body, our uh-huh. flesh, right? That contains all of this. And then he says there's the social part, so you can draw people Mm -hmm. in the fourth concentric circle, people, and then on the outside, he called it, there's the soul. The soul, right. The integrator. The integrator, Mm -hmm. the integrator, the soul. So you got heart and mind, body, social, Mm 
mm-hmm. soul. And I, I just racked my brain. I turned it upside down. I spilled coffee on it. And, and, and I had to finally call him up and saying, I, it seems to me that you are saying that the soul is external to my body and that people are on the inside of it. And he gave me that really gentle, well, Randy, I thought maybe you already knew that already. Have you ever listened to Dallas Willard? And, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and he said, I, I thought maybe they taught you that in seminary. And I go, well, I slept a lot in seminary. Right, so, exactly. But he basically said there's two views of, uh, uh, of the, the concept of the Trinity and one of them uh, and, and how we have been made in the image of that. Right. So, uh, you know, so... Um, uh, uh, and so basically he said, um, you know, you, we, you know, we've been hurt, told we've been made in the image of God. Yeah. And so what that means is that you, Troy, as a person, mm-hmm. have been made in the image of God. So there's a threeness about you. You know, there's okay. a mind, body, spirit, spirit. Uh, right. you know, and they gave several analogies. You, you want to give a couple of the analogies? You heard them. Oh, yeah. There's always, there's the uh, the egg, yeah. right? So an egg has a shell, it's got mm-hmm. a yolk, and it's mm-hmm. got the the white, you know, mm-hmm. but they're all an egg. Yeah. Or water, right? Which is, well, water can be ice, it can be steam, it can be liquid. Right. And God's kind of like that. And I've just never been happy with it. Those. D- that doesn't really yeah. help us yeah. out any. And, and you, you hear that and go like, okay, great, I'm an egg. Okay, great. I'm a, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's why I, you know, I, I put off so much steam. You know, I'm more of that part. It just doesn't really, mm-hmm. the idea that it doesn't make any sense to me. And so uh, the other, so the one's called the psychological. It, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it has to do with you, that inside of you, there's some threeness. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and Dallas Willard said, I don't think that that's what that's referring to. Uh, there's a communitarian view of the image of God that really begins to help us understand the uh-huh. impact of the Trinity. So here's the... This the, is my question here. This, so is the, yeah, yeah. this is really... And this is now just blown, you know, my mind. So we go back to the Genesis narrative and... Uh, uh, six days of creation. Uh-huh. Each day of creation, God says, "It is good. It is good. It is good." I mean, it's poetry. It is good. It is good. Right. And we gets to the 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 you know magnum opus, you know, the, uh, of His creation. I mean, the crown right. is Adam. It's very clear. This is the crescendo, yeah. and God looks at Adam and says, "This isn't good." Why isn't it good? It's not good for the man to be alone. Yeah. So then it says that He says, "Here's what we're going to do." He says. Let us make humanity, mankind, right. humanity in our image. in our image, yeah. and in our image, they were made male and female. That the image of God had something to do with the male and the female, maleness and femaleness yep. somehow are that's ex- a pieces of the same thing. That's exactly right. So the idea is that God took and made Adam, which just means humanity. Mm-hmm. And he did it by creating him from nothing, right? Right. Uh, took some dust and formed it into a body mm-hmm. and then breathed life into it, ruach, right. breathed life into it, and it became a human being. Mm-hmm. And when God said, it's not good for the man to be alone, um, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit said, let us make uh, Adam like us, yeah. which is what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put him to sleep, and we're going to pull out a rib... And we're going to make woman, which woman means out of man. Right. And now you've got two persons, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but still just one being. He did not take a separate 
pile of dirt, dust, and make another right, human being. Right, right. She came out of, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about the Nicene Creed, which I know you're going to read in a little bit mm-hmm. here, is that the Nicene Creed holds to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but right. Jesus is the only begotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jordan Peterson, in his new book, uh, oh, uh, Beyond Order, yeah. you know, we talked about this earlier today at lunch, mm-hmm. how that uh, Jordan takes the view that several people take the view is that Adam, when he was made, that he carried both half man and half right. female, okay? Even that physically, perhaps. He, yeah, maybe yeah. physically, you know? Mm-hmm. And that he embodied both of them, and then when Eve is taken out, you know, think of the female being mm-hmm. taken out, and now you have male and female, and when they actually come together, they're right. one again. They're one again, right. and, and, and one flesh, right? One yeah. flesh, and it says Genesis the two, two, yeah. two shall become one, and that's obviously uh, ex- experienced in in coitus, you know, in the mm-hmm. sexual act, and uh, as a beautiful picture of the two becoming one. And so the idea is that so now Adam and Eve are sitting there, two persons mm-hmm. who share a being, because she's not coming from a separate being; she came out of right. human human being. This is really important for soteriology as well, right. salvation, uh, because we are all connected to Adam. Adam, which is why sin is transmitted to us, mm-hmm. and the only way we get disconnect, we, the only way we have salvation is we got to somehow disconnect mm-hmm. to this first being and get connected to what's referred to as the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ. Right. Okay, so let me just say this: um, so Adam and Eve now come together as two persons, but it says. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. So now you've got two persons who share a being, right. which is mirroring the Holy Spirit. And I think the vision of the idea was is that they would have children, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They would have children, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. and that that actual circle of humanity would stay connected, that mm-hmm. they that, that circle would just continue to grow, and there would be one united being one united soul called humanity with multiple persons within it, right? But that got destroyed with right. the decision. So the question is, where did the image of God go? The image of God was broken. Uh-huh. The image of God was broken so much so that in Genesis chapter 5, it, it talked about the offspring of Adam and said that they were made in the likeness of Adam, not in the likeness of God, right? right? And right. so where does the image of God then get restored? It's called the body of Christ and the image of Christ, oh, right? Because yeah. now what's happening uh-huh. is, right? What's happening is multiple persons, when you become a, you're baptized into the body mm-hmm. and you're now, the, the vision of Adam and Eve having Cain and Abel and more offspring that were united together was broken. So where does it get restored? In the New Testament. And that's why in Ephesians chapter five, yeah. it's, he's talking about this. He's, oh, I'm not talking about a husband and wife. I'm talking about the church mm-hmm. and the, the mirroring of what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden is being restored. So when I this is the image right. of God is is all about the body of Christ, and that's where the image of God is. And I cannot express, I cannot mirror the image of God by myself. It has to be Communal. in community. And how we treat each other, we look at how the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit treated mm-hmm. each other, and that becomes the the guideline. The way they 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 joyfully celebrated one another, and how they had mm-hmm. each other's back and how there was mutual deference. This should become the the, the guidelines for our marriage. So the the intended community, this is what I'm hearing, this is brilliant, by the way, is God in fellowship with mankind, male and female, Mm -hmm. who have become one. And what sin sin did is it broke all of that apart. It broke... It broke mankind away from God. Yeah, they hid, remember? They hid. They They were expelled Um, from the garden. It it 
broke them from one another. Do you remember she, the uh, curse? He, he blamed. He blamed mm-hmm. Eve. They're no longer right. have you know throwing her right. under the bus. She said. It was said she she was going to resent mm-hmm. the man. Right, because he mm-hmm. was going to lord it over her. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything got broken, and then that the ultimate that communal sense of even outside of the two of them, the extended mankind, like you were saying, which once again it gets reunified in the body of Christ. Christ is the head, right, and everything else grows out from the head in the body of Christ, and that is the reunification of what was broken in Genesis. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's huge. That's fantastic. The body of Christ is the restoration of the Imago Dei, the image of God. That's the image and of... And I'm going to build my church, right? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's exactly right. Oh my and that's goodness. The, that, and we were predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. Oh, that's not just man. me be growing up personally, yeah. looking like Jesus. That We were predestined from the beginning of time that the restoration of the image of God is going to come through Christ, who is the... Who is the, who is the the groom, the groom, who's huh? the groom, and we are the bride, and 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 we're going to have multiple persons God. within this one being, and that is the importance of this conversation. Once what you have that conversation, everything wow, else, yeah, everything, it, it, it affects everything. It affects the way you understand salvation, the way you understand forgiveness, the way you understand marriage, the way you understand the church. That's right from yeah. top to bottom. The genius of scripture everything. is just is filtered through the whole thing because if you it, it, you cannot disassociate yourself as a person from the the first adam because there you are not right. made out of the dust of the earth as a separate <laughs> you, you know as a separate deal some say you're a dirt my bag. wife might you might yeah, be a yeah, dirt bag right. but no, no. <laughs> but uh so so we are inextricably connected to the first adam and romans talks about this right and we are going to experience eternal separation from god uh denied eternal access to the tree of life in the new garden mm-hmm. if we can't figure out how to overcome this association to the family tree of the first adam oh and goodness. that that is where Jesus comes in and gives yeah. us a chance to second Adam to, re, to, second Adam mm-hmm. to restore our connection to God. Because even with Cain and Abel, you know, be, yeah. they didn't have the beauty, the, the the benefit of experiencing what Adam and Eve did for whatever mm-hmm. brief time that was. And we can see that it's been transferred. Cain kills right. Abel. Abel is obviously they have a broken relationship, and then Cain is is cast out. He is sent away, protected, right. but sent away. There's complete brokenness mm-hmm. within humanity, and that's where we have been ever since. And that's why. Uh, Massive individualism, which right. which dominates our culture, makes it really hard for us to understand the communal nature of the image of God and why uh, being a part of the body of Christ is so important because mm-hmm. that is the restoration of the image of God. Man, I just never connected those dots like that before. That is so powerful. I mean, when you think about that, think about just the miracle of the Bible. Mm-hmm. When you think about... Go all the way from Genesis, from just this idea of the threeness, the communal nature, nature of God who is love, mm-hmm. right? The God who is love, and he makes man so he can love him, and man is designed to be in community with God and community with mankind, and then he creates this this almost, this triune, diune kind of community, mm-hmm. God, male, female, however mm-hmm. you want to look at it in his own image, and mm-hmm. it's meant to be that mm-hmm. way and ex- be extrapolated out through all of human history. Mm-hmm. And that thing gets broken by sin. 
in. Man's no longer in fellowship with God, with women, with other men, with other tribes. Everything gets divided and broken up, and it comes together in the body of Christ. Once again, finally under the headship of the groom, right? Yeah. And the and the bride, my gosh! So I'm I got all kinds of lights turning on here. So forgive me. Boom, boom! I know yeah. it's the same thing happened to me. Yeah. And you realize, okay? So, so I'll give you a chance to take a breath there, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, so now add another layer to this, and that is so 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 one one idea is that it goes back to the marriage analogy, Ephesians mm-hmm. chapter five, and Jesus is the groom and we're the bride. Now you're going back to the 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 image of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. in the garden, so you understand right. that analogy. But then you take the body of Christ analogy, right? Yeah. So the body of Christ, you know, is is this one being, the second Adam, the right. body of Christ is the second Adam, a second being, did not come from the first Adam, it com- comes from the Holy right. Spirit, born, begotten, and uh, and then all, all, of the, all of the different persons within it are parts of the body of Christ, right? They're parts of the body of Christ. And, and, and so in this way, we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. We are in Christ. And then it turns around and says, but Christ is in, in us. us yeah. And and so you can just imagine, so when we receive Christ, you know, mm-hmm. when we when we when we associate ourselves with the second Adam Christ, it says that Christ came into us. Right. Well, you can't get one without the other two. The mm-hmm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are in you, you know, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is representative. Right. But at the same time, when we became members of the body of Christ, we are now in so you when when John 17 talks mm-hmm. about Father, I pray that they'll they'll be you know like you know uh, in you as we are in, you know right. and, as all I am that, in you and you are in me and they yeah. will be one as you and I are one. Yeah, yeah. you're like who's in what? How can you get mm-hmm. who and what? And there there now you get this idea that we are in Christ, the right. body of Christ, and Christ is in right. us. There's this unbelievable sense of deep depth and community. Right. And so uh, it's a healing of all that fractured humanity, uh, fellowship with God, and. So there's old there's an old medieval painting that I rem- I remember seeing that had this this table and it had these three images that were meant to be the Father Son and Holy Spirit at the table right mm-hmm. and 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 uh, historically we think of that theologic as the perichoresis so God it's it's perichoresis meaning like it's the eternal dance mm-hmm. God has always been in community with Himself you know mutually respecting and loving and it's this eternal dance before time and space were even created yeah. right and then God speaks the universe into being because he because that's what he does yeah he's a creator and he speaks people into, into existence because he is love and so therefore creation because God is community creation is a product of love not of power that's exactly right right that's beautiful it yeah. comes out of love not of power and mm-hmm. so if the uh, and so that you talk about how this affects our lives, right? Creation is a pure act of love mm-hmm. because of His communal nature, and then He creates us in His image, in community that is meant to be eternal. Um, if so, another issue is if the other members of the Trinity are subordinate, and God's wrath, right? We talk about God's wrath is an act of. Uh, we could say He had He was so mad He had to take it out on somebody. So, and if Jesus is subordinate to God, then, like we talked about in atonement theory just a week ago, yep. then it's some kind of weird cosmic child abuse, yeah. right? Because right. you've separated that oneness from things. So it's really important to understand that. He takes his wrath out on the sun because he has to take it out on someone, right? So then God's character is in question, yeah. okay? So that's why this is important. Um, is. If only God can forgive sin and Jesus isn't fully God, then we aren't fully forgiven, that's exactly right. right. Very important point, it, it, which is when we get into the different views uh, that mm-hmm. the um, 
people in the first three centuries tried to come up with. You know, you'd, I don't think they intended to be heretical, but they tried <laughs> to come up with something. I mean, right. we, we're having this discussion, and it's highly likely. You know, I think there was a couple of light bulbs for you today. Yeah. I mean, you've been trafficking in this, so people that watch or listen to this, right. they might have to rewind this one a couple of times, <laughs> you know, might need yeah. to get my hula hoop illustration, right. but this was a, a mind-blowing kind of thing to me. Why it's important to get this right, and as uh -huh. we talk about the different views and, and, and the Nicene Creed and how mm -hmm. it got it right in my estimation, and I never would disagree with the Nicene Creed because you could get burned at the stake, you know, <laughs> uh, if you did, but now I understand why it's so important right. and how the Holy Spirit must have guided them, because the other views, which when you first hear them can mm -hmm. make sense, like subordinationism, mm -hmm. you know, and, and doing something to make Jesus less than God the Father, right. can make sense when you read the scriptures, unless you understand the kenosis, which we have right. a, we've done right. a couple a, of weeks ago, yeah, weeks go back that. and listen to that. Mm -hmm. uh, that all the stuff that sounds like so irrelevant uh, to mm -hmm. our lives is extremely relevant, and we've got to press in, even uh, even the people that don't spend as much time in it, they've got to press in on this because the implications are so dramatic. My goodness, yeah. I mean, I had never connected that with the body of Christ, and this, this sense that sin has destroyed the, the community that was intended between God and man and man and mankind. And that is the yeah. image of God. That's the reflection. Lo love, love has to have community to yeah. have an outlet for it. Yeah. And that's when we say God is love. It's not just God as a, a single being right. with no person. It just happens within. to care about. Just care right. about people. Yeah. Boy, I decree people. I mean, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are in this eternal community mm -hmm. with one another, and that expression of how they perfectly right. work together. And, and the reason I use the hula hoop illustration is that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you, if if you, if if anybody wants to, my wife just went to Walmart to get two hula hoops for my A two community tonight. Because <laughs> the idea is that when you put three human be three persons, I don't say right. beings anymore. Mm -hmm. When three persons are put into a hula hoop. Okay, mm -hmm. and you say, okay, now from here and it, 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 for the next fifty years, you're going to be in this hula hoop together. Okay, right. if you want to go that way and they want to go this way, it becomes like tremendous friction, mm -hmm. and somehow or another, it's going to have to be a power struggle mm -hmm. to figure out how do I get the the three people or the five people in my hula hoop to go to the way I want to go. The Holy Spirit, the the Father and the Son, have been existing within this hula hoop, and yeah. they move beautifully. The way they love each other and they celebrate each other, the way they they dialogue things out and make a decision, how they do things is 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 a beautiful sense of right. harmony and right. love. Does that make sense? Right. It's a choreogra choreography. Yeah. Right? It is. Choreosis. It's, it's choreosis. That's where you it's get that dance. word. Yeah. It's a dance. So okay. So back to like Joe's original question here. We're talking about the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, and mm -hmm. you just said something there. Just like, it triggered a couple of things for me. So when you when you put your you accept the the gift of salvation. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Paul goes out of his way all through Romans to refer yep. to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Christ, right. who now is Christ in you, right. the hope of glory, right. right? And that's like, that's the beginning of the here, not yet here kingdom of God. That's right. Right? So you've got, you've got the kingdom of God, you've got the body of Christ, you've got the church, you've got the bride and the groom, you've got the triune communal nature of God, you have the community of the garden that was broken. All of these things are attached to this same idea of the triune communal God is love nature of God. 
Absolutely. My it, gosh. It, it's all connected together. Yeah. And I think the, to, to, answer, to answer the question, yeah, is the, the Holy Spirit is, the, is, is a person with inside this essence, this mm-hmm. soul, this being, and, and so is the Son. So when you say the Spirit of Christ, it's, it, you know, you say, is that the Holy Spirit? Yeah, it's the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. You got to understand the unity between right. them. It's so uh, interchangeable, and we as individualistic Right. People do not understand this idea of uh, of our nature that right. it, and if and if a person's not a believer, uh, they're still living uh, with the broken image of right. God, and that's why there's all this tension mm-hmm. and all of this conflict. But even for believers who don't understand this and are the calling that we have, that when when we become a a, a believer in Christ, yeah. that we. Um, you know, the phrase, um, we talked about Ubuntu, I think, a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure if we did on this <laughs> podcast or not, but I just talk a lot. And uh, it's the African phrase, uh, we are, therefore I am. We are, oh. we are, therefore I am. That something of my identity mm-hmm. comes out of of this community that I am in. Right. And the restored community of Christ, it is completely comfortable and, and uh, okay to uh, have an identity coming out of my association with the body of Christ. Yeah. And I'm not this separate individual. Now, you know, for us, I mean, so Roseanne and I are married, and the restoration of the image of God is not a married couple, but mm-hmm. the idea that Roseanne and I still carry the, the mm-hmm. oneness, but now that we're both in Christ, we're, we're brother and sister in Christ, right. you know, we're part of the body of Christ, but we're also married. Man, that's the the best of all worlds. Right. It's the restoration of the original idea, but not associated with the first Adam. It's now associated with the second Adam, and we've right. got the best of all worlds. And Christ in you, Christ in me, it's it's like the it's healing that thing that was broken in Genesis. It's healing the community that was broken. Yeah. Um, and you could even argue that in a marriage relationship, you know, you got a man and a wife, and they are they are one in flesh, but Maybe they're not one in spirit until yep. they both have the spirit of Christ in them. That's exactly right. And and so then with the Holy Spirit in you, you can begin to experience the kingdom of God in your life right now, even in the midst of a broken right. world, because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. You've got this amazing calling upon you, and there's just been this wonderful restoration. Of course, we are looking for yet the kingdom mm. ultimately that is, 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 that is coming, where we are once again... Uh, we once again have access to the city of God, to the garden of oh God, and to the tree of life, and uh, and all yeah. and all as well. Well, and then the Holy Spirit, like, not only heals the marriage relationship and makes you one in that in almost in a triune sense, but you are in the body of Christ. You're in the church. So what was broken between other men, right now, is unified by the Spirit of Christ in you, making you the body because He is the head, and we are the limbs, we are the ligaments. We're we grow up in the maturity, we grow up in the fullness of life in Christ because we are in the body, and Christ is in us. That's exactly right, and I think that's when we get into the uh, into the eschaton, to the new kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jesus starts talking about marriage that there's neither going to be ma- that he's he's referring to that there is a there's a, there's a different concept mm-hmm. of life in the new kingdom ultimately that is not a replication of Adam and. Eve in yeah. the garden, but it's it, but it's a mirror of that. It's it, there's a right. symmetry to it. We just don't exactly know what that is yet, but right. we know that it. And that's where Paul, if you if you haven't read Ephesians five, those of you listening or watching, yeah. read Ephesians five. Even Paul catches himself. It's like, oh yeah, oh well, well, I, I for a minute there, I th- you, th- you thought I was talking about you know an actual uh-huh. two humans in marriage. I'm actually referring to the body of Christ. It's like he almost caught himself. Like, oh, that's right, you guys don't know about this yet. You don't know. And I think that's a lot yeah. about the yeah. discoveries that you and I have made. 
made. And yeah. hopefully the people here that are that are that are listening to this won't just go like, man, I don't understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's worth the time yeah. to rewind and listen to it again until it because this is a paradigm <sighs> right. breaker. It's it's yeah, I'm connecting a whole bunch of dots here just talking to you about this. And This whole idea that it's almost like not to minimize anything or reduce the Holy Spirit to this, but it's like the Holy Spirit is, it's it's almost like the, it's the unifier, it's like the glue. Right? Because when the Spirit of Christ comes alive in us, it's it's the healing of the relationships that have been broken. It's yeah. that, the, Paul says, it's the deposit, mm-hmm. right, of the ultimate promised kingdom. It's the, the here, not yet mm-hmm. here kingdom. Yeah. Now we are bound by the, the Holy Spirit. My wife and I can be unified and, and be what we're meant to be yeah. via the Holy Spirit. The body of Christ, right, all of our brothers and sisters who are believers are bound together by the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's that presence of Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's this mystery that's been hidden, and now it's been revealed to you. Yeah. So lean into it, people. This idea that you can, like, you know, have an individual sort of faith. You can read the Bible on your own, and you know, kind of like commune right. with God in nature, right. and all of that is absolutely true as spiritual disciplines. But uh, the the it's a communal experience yeah. that God is wanting you to once you experience. And if you uh, uh, if you uh, starve yourself of that, the kingdom of God. the kingdom now that is available mm-hmm. to you, uh, you are missing out on it. But you have to yield to it, uh, Troy, because right. a lot of people have accepted Christ, have become members of the body of Christ, and most of the New Testament right. letters written to churches are because the people are not mm-hmm. picking up on the idea. They're not yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit right. within them to give them access to this kind of life. They're living the the brokenness mm-hmm. that they brought into this, uh, in, 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 into their faith. They, they, they're living the brokenness they had before they got there, and it's really, uh, they're, they're really not experiencing what is available yeah. to them. Well, I think, too, yeah, you just we just coming out of this season of COVID here around around the world, but and you know churches have not been able to meet. Um, it's almost like everybody was on a timeout to some degree. And I just I just noticed when we started meeting physically together again, mm-hmm. I had a renewed appreciation yeah. for the gathering yeah. of believers mm-hmm. in in this room to put on the armor of Christ in worship, to put on, you know, to bind themselves by unifying themselves in thought and mind for just a few moments, right, for an hour or whatever it is on Sunday morning, that the, the body has gathered. And now that I, these lights are turning on for me, I think I'm going to see that in a whole new light. It's like, you know what, when the body comes together, that is a special thing. Yeah, It's a beautiful thing. And even when we invite people who are not Christ followers to come in and be exposed to the beauty of the body of Christ, whom Christ is the head of, and it, I, I think it's going to infuse a whole new weight mm-hmm. to your weekend gathering and your A2 group, your, your life group gatherings as you gather in homes, <laughs> this sense that these people with whom you share the Holy Spirit, right? This severed relationship all the way back to Adam is now unified by the Spirit of Christ who is in you and who is in me, and we've come together in His name. That's right, and we we represent and mirror the, the actual image of God. It's been restored yeah. again, and therefore um, we are one. You know, not in the same, uh, you know, uh, metaphorically we are one, yeah. not in the same exact way as Adam and Eve. And so therefore I can say, uh, Troy... 
you are me and I am you. I mean, but we're distinct persons, but there's really there's really a oneness here. Uh-huh. And, and when you enter into worship uh, with mm-hmm. that mindset, and that's why, you know, I, I hope, uh, there, I think one of the reasons some people listen to this podcast is because they want to lean into the richness of theology, mm-hmm. knowing that it's not irrelevant, that right. actually if yeah. you were discipline yourself, it'll awaken something in you mm-hmm. that will make something as simple as coming to a church building a whole different experience right. it's not an obligation it's not a yeah it's uh, not a duty you're it's not checking a duty it off your list to check it yeah. off your list it's not because i like it it's not because i'm going to evaluate the sermon you yeah. know i'm hoping to get something <laughs> out of it is the music going to be any good it's today going to be good yeah. today yeah. Like, did i get something out of it you know all of that will mm-hmm. wash aside when you realize what you're actually entering into physically mm-hmm. and what that represents and to have that high view of the of God and how he he decided they decided I, I say I say <laughs> right you know what I'm saying right. it's, it's really uh-huh. he decided I mean God decided it's because it's one the, the Father Son Holy Spirit decided for some reason to grant to us the yeah. opportunity of being made in mm-hmm. that image, and 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 that's why I, I usually keep quiet when you hear everybody in the in, under the sun saying, you know, the reason we need to value life is because we were made in the image of God. And I go like, well, we need to value life, and we were were made in the image of God. But the only people that are expressing the image of God today are people that are legitimately forgiven, connected to the second Adam, the second uh-huh. Adam, and are um, are in the body of Christ. That is the restoration of the image of God. And to me. Uh, that's a powerful idea. Wow. Well, I tell you what, I'm glad that the early church wrestled with this. Yes. That they they really went to the mat and tried to figure this thing out because there was a lot of, we, we, we'll talk about in a bit, a lot of odd kind of heresies that came out of this sort of misreading or misunderstanding of the nature of the triune God. So mm-hmm. this, this thing, the early Christian church, they had a unifying thing, a creed. It was called the Nicene Creed. Mm-hmm. And it was wrestled with one in the Roman Empire Council of Nicaea in 325, and then the Council of Constantinople God, yeah. in 381. So that's that's a good chunk of time where mm-hmm. they're trying to theologically wrestle this thing down. Like, what is what is how is it irreducibly um, and critically important to what we believe about everything, like we've we've been talking about here today. Yeah. Well, just to make a point here, boy, mm-hmm. you know, is is that three twenty five, three eighty one is older than the United States of America by a long know? shot. By a long <laughs> shot. In other words, the church has been around this long right. and still hasn't really come to terms mm-hmm. with this concept of the essence of God. Right. And this was back when the church there was just one really one Christian yep. church. We did is before the Reformation, yep. before, you know, all the kind of little divisions and things that kind of evolved over time. But we'll say this, all three major branches of Christianity today, the Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholic, and the Protestant um, branches, they affirm the faith of Nicaea, which is another way of saying they affirm the nature of the Trinity. That's right. Right? That's right. So for all you uh, theology nerds, here's the Nicene Creed for you. We'll just I'm just going to read a couple of sections. Then of you it can that are... sing the the, the uh, Newsboys version. Of it, you know, <laughs> I believe in God. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, um, so the Nicene Creed says this. Uh, this is talking about we believe in one God, the Father, all governing, Creator of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. So that's talking about the Father, mm-hmm. right? Then next we have the Son. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Mm -hmm. Son of God from the Father before all time, before all time, that's Mm -hmm. a big, big thing, Mm -hmm. light from light, 
true God from true God, mm -hmm. begotten, not created, okay. right? Because they had to deal with some of these weird ideas that mm -hmm. were surfacing, of the same essence as the Father, through whom all things came into being, yep. right? And then we get down a little further, and then the creed talks about Jesus and his nature and his deity. And then, it, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and life giver who proceeds from the Father, who is worshiped and glorified together with the Father and the Son. So they really worked hard <laughs> to craft that, to say what they, they thought it should say, and it's pretty profound, and it's lasted an awfully long time. Yeah, the word uh, begotten, not created, mm -hmm. is, a, is a big one for me, because again, you're not talking about tritheism, which I know right. we might get a chance to get into this, maybe not. <laughs> tritheism is the idea is like three separate beings mm -hmm. that are all working together. Right. And that's not what this is. Uh, this is right. one essence or one being mm -hmm. or one soul. Uh, and so the idea that God the Father doesn't you know, create another God, mm -hmm. uh, but it's begotten, meaning it comes out of the right. being. It's out of the being, much like Eve came out of. You know, right. It's the best, best picture we have of it. Right. And, and the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Right. And so uh, it's every single word in the Nicene Creed is extremely important. And right. maybe the next time you sing that popular right. song, right. Uh, you know, maybe it won't just be a cool tune, but you'll realize <laughs> the sweat and blood mm -hmm. that uh, the church poured over to get this right. And I'm so glad they did. Right. No wonder that, you know, at the beginning of the Gospel of John, the beginning of the letter uh, to the Colossians, I mean, the, the writers go out of their way to talk about, for instance, the eternity yeah. of Jesus, right? Yeah. John refers to him as the Logos, mm -hmm. and he goes says, look... Everything was created by him and for him. And Paul goes, in him all things hold together and have their being. Things visible, invisible on earth, in heaven. I mean, he's like, we're not leaving anything out. Mm -hmm. Everything is in Christ. And so I always wondered this. So I'm just going to ask you this. Just hopefully it's not a, not a weird question. You can berate me later. <laughs> but, um, you know, we know that Jesus had a physical 33-year period yeah. on earth, right? Mm -hmm. But this is talking about before all time. That's right. Right? And so Jesus, or the Christ, maybe, mm -hmm. is preexistent. The Logos. Uh -huh. Yeah, the Logos, along with the Father and with the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. The Spirit hovered over the waters, mm -hmm. right? We, we see that in the book of Genesis. So, so how do we refer to Jesus outside of his... 33 years of yeah. existence. I think, uh, the, the you know, in the Old Testament, you would have the uh, um, pre-incarnate uh, appearances of Jesus, right. sometimes referred to as the angel of the Lord. Uh, yeah. uh, Christophanies. Christophanies or, yeah. and things like that. I think the best, though, is John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, oh, and the Word was, was with, with God, God, and the yeah. Word was God. And, and then all of a sudden, then you have the incarnation, and he's given the name Jesus on the eighth day, that right. kind of thing. So I think, uh, it, you know, it's probably... Uh, you know, in, in in the Old Testament, you know, the the idea of you know uh, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, doesn't really quite emerge in the Old Testament, right, but it right. emerges beautifully. And I think the familial language that's chosen mm -hmm. uh, by God has, is 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 worth a whole other discussion in right. and of itself. But I think the the I think I would say the word the the, the word word or, or logos is probably yeah. probably the best one, yeah. just out of John one. Yeah, I no, I like that. I like that. And I know other people talk about it like as the, I don't, I don't know, hopefully I'm not misusing this term, the universal Christ, mm -hmm. the eternal Christ, the Christ who is before, yeah. and then Christ was manifest in the person of Jesus, 
and then he was Jesus the Christ, right? Um, but I, I do like Logos. I do like yeah, that idea. And the reason, of, you know, again, I'm, I'm hoping that some, you know, people that are relatively uh, new to their journey of theology, not just the Bible, mm-hmm. will we'll keep diving in and trying because that's how we all got here, mm-hmm. is that, uh, you know, we finally got convinced that it wasn't just a curiosity thing, right. uh, but it was really something that had tr- tremendous deep impact on who I am, my identity, and my destination. And, uh, you know, so uh, the person that, uh, that asked this question about the Holy Spirit in Jesus, you know, can legitimately uh, not maybe grow up in church and not really quite understand that the light bulbs are not going on. On, and you're thinking, okay, I just assumed Jesus was born in the manger just like me. I didn't understand he was right. God. Right. I didn't understand he existed right. prior. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and you'd say, yeah, you know, I I gave a talk recently and I said Jesus in in the His mighty strength. You know, Jesus, you know, Jesus was uh was alive before he was born. You know, mm-hmm. and and that can buy. Oh yeah, I remember you said that. It just, but I didn't quite understand what right. you meant. But you got to keep going after it and going after it mm-hmm. and realizing that Jesus is is it has has existed forever and ever. Mm-hmm. It's from God to you know, right. tr- true God to true God. True God to true God. There was nothing yeah, lost. Light in, from light. There yeah. was nothing lost in in mm-hmm. this begotten. There's nothing yeah. lost in in the in in this idea. We don't completely yeah. know how it all pans itself out, but we have this sort of mm-hmm. earthly vision of uh, the body of Christ now, right. or of a of you know of of you and Gwen and your boys. I mean, there's something about still the residual idea right. of that that is more deeply profound than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. The oneness of you and and Gwen and how it produced life right. and how that within if, if if you were in a hula hoop and you had to pick four people to be in the hula hoop, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and there's no question, right. you know, how you guys would move in that direction. Well, then you look at the creed and it talks with the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Life Giver, yeah. right, who proceeds. From from the Father. Mm. So, I mean, you talked about ruach earlier on, yeah. which is which is the Hebrew word for for breath, right? Yeah, pneuma. Uh-huh. Uh, pneuma. And so you go into uh, Genesis and said that that the Spirit hovered over the waters, right? And then the Spirit, God breathed life into Adam, you know, Adam, the life giver from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then you can go all the way to Mary, mm-hmm. who is pregnant, the virgin mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? The life giver. The life giver. Mm-hmm. Oh my and, gosh. And then you take it over to uh, Timothy's writings, and, and, and it's the same word, is that all scripture is... Is God breathed. Is God breathed. Yeah. It's, 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 it's that ruach numa, and uh-huh. so the scriptures is... The Holy Spirit gave life to the scriptures, right. and so it yeah, just he breathed that general the revelation to us. Yep. Oh my goodness, that's good. Okay, so <laughs> I'm getting excited today. <laughs> this is a good one. Um, so another way that has been the Trinitarian belief about God has been summed up is an acrostic uh, that's triune, T R I U N E. So let me just run it through for, for real quick, and maybe this will help you. Maybe it won't. But um, the T is for three recognized as God. Mm-hmm. The R regarded as three distinct persons. Yeah. One, imminent, right, which is which is as close as you can get, close. internal, right? Yeah. And eternal, not merely economical and temporal, mm-hmm. right? It's not, so, and then uh, you, united in essence, mm-hmm. no, uh, N, no inequality. Mm-hmm. They are co-equal, they are yeah. all equally God. And E explains all other doctrines, yet is itself inscrutable, yeah. right? So in other words, it can't be scrutinized, it can't be penetrated, it can't be uh, reduced anymore, it is what it is in a way, right? That's exactly right. Um, so 
just real real quick then, it, knowing all of that, how would you maybe, if you had to delineate the roles uh, or the functions or the persons of the Trinity, how would you describe Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Uh, probably, uh, you know, I hadn't put a lot of thought into this, but, you know, you probably think of the way it's manifested itself since the incarnation, mm-hmm. you know, where um, the Father, you know, Jesus, during the 33 years, mm-hmm. Jesus is, um, is going to the Father for uh, his will. Right. And then you've got you know Jesus, who is our representative, who is uh, offering up his life as a, as a sacrifice for our sins. And then the Holy Spirit follows that, not only empowering Jesus, but also in, in, mm-hmm. in, in empowering uh, the life of the church yeah. uh, as well. And so they have, even though there is equality amongst them, they seem in the New Testament mm-hmm. to have distinct roles. You know, when Jesus leaves, he says, I'm going to send the paraclete. Right, I'm going right. to send I'm going to send another. Right. You know. Right. The Holy uh, Spirit, the counselor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to send I'm going to and so there's these distinct roles. Jesus is a distinct person. So mm-hmm. Jesus is not going to he's not saying, well I'm going to go back up and then I'm going to give my put, put on a different hat, right. which is modalism, right. and come back down as the Holy Spirit. It's a it's a distinct person who comes to us. That's not mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus went and sitting right at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit, a distinct person yeah. who is a part of the whole essence of what it means to be God, came down. So it seems like in the New Testament, at least, we have these distinct roles mm-hmm. that the Father, Son, Holy Spirit play. And, and, uh, and yeah. in the Creed, they say that the the the, the Everything proceeds from the Father. Yeah. Right. So right. somehow there's there's a proceeding from uh, maybe in the dance. It's the one who kind of leads the dance. I don't know. Yeah. But but um, but yeah, I, I, that's helpful. I think. There, there there does seem to be within the Trinity uh, a hierarchy of mm-hmm. sorts without uh, diminishing right. uh, a, a practical hierarchy mm-hmm. that uh, doesn't seem to a functional hierarchy. Yeah, functional. A functional har- mm-hmm. hierarchy that doesn't seem to it, that absolutely does not affect the ontological the sense of who they are. Right. And so, and and, and as a matter of fact, you get that in the teachings of, of Jesus and of marriage. Uh-huh. You know where it says right. you know uh, you know the the as, as you know Jesus is. Is right. um, head of the church. He, right. You know, you know, the father is is sort of the head of the of Jesus. Is Jesus is the head of the church, and so right. you know, it talks about the marriage between a man and a right. woman. There is somewhat of a functional uh, role right. there, even though there's mutual submission and mutual partnership, partnership, yeah. and all that. But there there does seem to be somewhat of a uh, of a of a functional. Well, people had been able to get sort of sideways with the tr- with their attempt to understand this in mm-hmm. early ancient history is why the the creed the Nicene Creed kind of got mm-hmm. formed the way it was um, and so one of those things that was a problem is was something called modalism which you you mentioned before so it's this idea that the father son and the holy spirit they're not three distinct persons like which we call hypostasis it's a nice theology word yeah, right yeah you were there um, when you learned it so but merely three distinct modes of revelation or manifestation so it's basically it's like putting on masks yeah. right you've got one actor in the play and he's playing three roles and he puts on a mask and he uses a different accent and puts on another mask and does puts on a third mask and so that's fundamental 
fundamentally modalism in a nutshell. Yeah, like, yeah, you know that. So the you know the father you know puts you know on that cap, and that's the Old Testament. And then and then the same exact character comes and plays the son. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying earlier, and then the son goes back up into the right. heavens, and then he puts on another mask or another hat and becomes <laughs> right. the Holy Spirit. And there and there are there are people today. I, mm-hmm. I consider this to be heretical. Mm-hmm. And I think the early church considered modalism right. and, and Sabellianism to be, but there are um, modern movements right. today uh, within certain movements. I I I, uh, I probably shouldn't mention names, but um, there are there are people um, like uh, in in some of the Pentecostal movements. I know. T.D. Jakes, I think, was, maybe still is, um, a, a modalist. Some kind of modalist, um, yeah. m- Remember the group Phillips, Craig, and Dean? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I believe um, they may have changed their position, so this could be ancient news, were, were uh, a modalist. Okay. Uh, I may be wrong, so, you know, uh, yeah. but I don't know, there are people today. And you know what? It still surfaces today. It still surfaces today, well, because yeah. it makes the most amount of sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it? It makes the right. most amount of sense. For our little finite brains to try and get our, get our heads around it, it's like, well, if you want to reduce it to that... Yeah. Make it understandable, but it's still God. Well, I mean, because I'm playing the role now as pastor, mm-hmm. podcaster with mm-hmm. my friend Troy. Right. I'm going to go home and be with my wife. I'm going to play husband, the ro- husband. Right. I'm going to talk to my son later. I'm going to be dad. Right. I get that idea. It makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Uh, and, and and I have to tell you that I was likely a functional modalist because mm-hmm. I could because I always left the Trinity in the realm of of mystery, right. and I could never make any sense out of it. I, I, I was either an egg or a, or, or, a, a, yolk. or, or a, a yolk or something like that, right. and it just never really made a lot of uh, sense to me. Right. And so um, so I think the majority of people listening to this might say, yeah, that's probably what I right. was prior to listening to this. I didn't know there's another option. But if you think about it, Scripture kind of brings up a number of problems if you think about it like this. So for instance, when Baptist, Jesus is baptized, and you hear the Father's voice speak, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him in the form of dove. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to think about, you know, God wearing the three different masks in that in that case. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Jesus' uh, high priestly prayer in John 17, where he petitions the Father to make his disciples one, as, even as he and the Father are one, right? Uh, Jesus requests in the Garden of Gethsemane that the Father take the cup of suffering from him, not my will but yours be done, mm-hmm. right? So all of these things are just... Obviously, there's two distinct uh, persons, two distinct roles, perhaps functions, because they're interacting simultaneously. Right. It'd be one thing if they, if they, you know, were right. not acting simultaneously. And Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as another advocate or another counselor, mm-hmm. right? The Paraclete to be sent by the Father or from the Father. So, uh, if modalism is true, the implication is that the revelation is that God hides Himself mm-hmm. rather than reveals Himself. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's easy yeah. to settle for modalism, but just as we've been trying to do today, pressing into what is the real thing that's going mm-hmm. on here, all of a sudden opens up something that has enormous implications right. to our life, and it really messes with atonement yep. and everything. So, uh, subordinationism, right, and it's got two primary uh, forms called Arianism mm-hmm. and adoptionism. So. Uh, and they're basically saying that the, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are subordinate to or lesser beings than God the Father. So this guy named Arius argued that the Son of God, the word the Logos, uh, right, which we see in John chapter 1, in case you're wondering, preexisted the man Jesus and became incarnate in him. So Jesus was not merely a human prophet or Messiah, but Arius. Uh, or yeah, but Arius denied that the heavenly Son of God is God, 
or equal with God. Mm-hmm. According to him, Jesus is the incarnation of God's first and greatest creature, right? Who is a secondary God and not at all equal with the Father, right? And once again, that messes with forgiveness. It does. Right? And, you know, again, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, kudos to Arius for trying. Uh, right. Because, uh, <laughs> right. because, you know, it makes sense when you read the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why the His Mighty Strength was such an eye-opener, the book that I wrote right. on this kenosis theory, is that because it does look like that Jesus, throughout his earthly life, is subordinating himself to the will of the Father. Right. And so it, you, you would say, well, he is subordinating it. So let's call this subordinationism. Right. Uh, and uh, in fact, um, when you get the grander picture of what's going on, this would be deathly uh, to us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in the literal sense, if right. Jesus is not fully like 100% God, right. I mean, we're... Only we're, God can forgive sins. Only God can right. forgive sins and the perfection uh, of God. And um, and I, I think uh, I think, uh, I think that, uh, was it Jehovah Witness, I think would be considered mm-hmm. subordination. Yeah, uh, subordinates. I think so. Yeah. So, and then another form of that is adoptionism, which is teaching that Jesus was a great prophet and a Messiah raised up by God the Father and adopted as his special son. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so kind of not begotten, but adopted. Mm-hmm. I always tell our life group, it's like you know, God has one begotten Son. Mm-hmm. The rest of us are adopted, mm-hmm. right? right? We're adopted sons and daughters of the living God, but He has one begotten Son. So this kind of goes against that. It reduces uh, the Son of God to a human prophet, right, and virtually ignores the Holy Spirit, except sort of as a force of divine power, mm-hmm. right? This yeah. pr- sort of presence mm-hmm. in the world. So. Um, all, both of these varieties of subordinationism are obviously problematic. And there's one more called tritheism. Yep. Okay, so you learn all kinds of great theology here today. It's the implicit, hardly ever explicit belief that in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as three separate divine beings, beings. or yeah. gods. Mm-hmm. God is more or less a committee. Yes. Right? Right. Woo. Okay. So, uh, so you talk about analogies and teaching children about the Trinity border on tritheism. They describe in terms of uh, like we've talked about a fruit or an egg, um, which can be thought of as you know like you've got the yolk, you've got the white, you've got the shell. That's an egg. That's kind of a tritheistic analogy. Um, but the committee analogy, right? Eternal councils of the Godhead, uh, the edible object analogy, apple or an egg, they all fall short of the monotheistic elements, right? In fundamental Christian Trinitarian. So the doctrine of the Trinity is not that God is one object made up of three separate parts. It's that God is one perfectly unified being made up of three inseparable and wholly equal persons. And as several theologians have said, interpenetrate one another eternally. Like once again, the perichoresis, the eternal divine dance. So I guess the question is then, we talked a little bit about this, how this affects our lives, Mm -hmm. right? We understand our role in... It profoundly affects the way we think of marriage, mm-hmm. the way we think of what happened in the fall in Genesis, mm-hmm. right? The the, uh, the the breaking of community, the breaking of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It affects how we understand the body of Christ, mm-hmm. the church, mm-hmm. right? And how Christ is the head of the body of Christ and everything grows out from him, right? It's the reunification of what was broken. And it's also the promise of the ultimate reunification of what was broken, right? I mean, it's a picture of everything that is broken and gets healed throughout the whole scope of Scripture. Yeah, the the uh, the whole concept of the Trinity 
is the whole story of humanity. Right. And uh, Man, that's it, good. It, it, it's just, it's the whole story. And to, and to have a weak view of the Trinity, mm-hmm. you're just missing out on the beauty and the splendor of what is going on in our lives, yeah. uh, you know, in the, in the made in the image of God, broken, now being restored in Christ. It's just a, it, it's, it's the Trinity all the way through. Even just the practicality of seeing how these three persons work together in the entire ministry of Jesus from the incarnation, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, be, being the seed of, 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 uh, of Jesus' birth and the baptism, and they show up at the baptism, and then at the crucifixion and the resurrection and the Holy Spirit raising Jesus from the dead. The, the ministry of the Trinity uh, w- was consistent throughout the entire life of Jesus, and it's, it's designed to be a, a mirror for us of of what we're supposed to look like and live like, but it's also the opportunity to even have the chance to do that because of uh, because of the because the, we, we are a being, and when you understand mm-hmm. the difference between being and person, uh, you know there is only one human being, and that is there's uh, is the is the race of Adam until Jesus came along, and in Ephesians it says he is building a new humanity. Oh my gosh, he's building a that's new right. humanity. Mm-hmm. Before that, there was only one humanity. Mm-hmm. Now there's two, and everybody listening has to decide wow. which humanity do you want to be connected it, with, Adam or Christ. Yeah, that's exactly right. The wow. first Adam uh, is going to bring you into, uh, is going to continue your role into eternal separation from the image of God into the oh, life my. of God, and and a connection to the second Adam is going to give you this beautiful <laughs> restoration of the image right. of God, a beautiful calling in your life, and the promise of not only the kingdom now, but the kingdom to come. My goodness, that brings so much Romans to life when you think about it. Like, the, okay, so the old man... Right? Yeah. The the old is passed away. Everything has become new. Yeah. You were once slaves of sin. Now you're slaves to righteousness. Right. right? So you were once, you were a child of Adam. Now you're a child of Jesus. That's right. Wow. That's yeah. good. Well, this has been really powerful, Randy. Yeah. For and both of us. For both of us. Yeah. People and I, I think a lot of people, a lot of lights are going to be turning on for them. And just, I'm going to just want to pose one last statement here. And this is much of what we talked about is in this book called The Mosaic of Christian Belief, a really mm-hmm. great book yeah. that you brought up to, to yeah. me a while ago. And it's um, really helpful. But the author there, Roger Olson, he says this. So, how a single being can be faithfully and somewhat accurately described as both a single mind with multiple dimensions and a community of persons knitted together inseparably in a bond of love is beyond complete understanding. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nevertheless, we're going to give it a shot. Nevertheless, divine revelation requires that God be described in both ways. Mm. And that is our God. He is not... Um, limited or confined mm. to our cognitive ability mm. to comprehend him. And though we cannot know his mind, we can trust his character as it's revealed in Jesus for all of us. Yeah, he is, uh, I think we're getting closer in our understanding of who he is, but he's not limited to our discussion today. Right. He's. We can promise you so much more. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, we would love to hear from you. If you've got any questions or comments, you can leave those uh, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube where this has been posted. And we would love to get future questions from you, too, just regarding um, future podcasts. We're going to do a Q&A in just a couple of weeks here that we would love to get your input on and address.
address any kind of issues. We want to help you live out your life following Jesus in the real world mm. the best way we can. And so a lot of this can be pretty heady and sometimes kind of abstract, but I promise you they have very practical mm. repercussions and applications to the way you follow Jesus every day of your life. God bless you. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. We hope the conversation has challenged you and perhaps sparked some new ideas. If you'd like some additional notes and helpful links, visit the episode page at westsidefamily.church podcast. And if you have questions, we'd love to hear them. Our last episode of the season, we'll devote an entire show to your questions. So you can also tell us what topics you'd like to hear and discuss in the future. Thank you for joining us today and God bless you.